When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Horn. Oh, a little DMX on a new theme Thursday. If you haven't uh, heard by now, the new theme of the day. All of uh, my man Hart, not all of them, some of his favorite walk-up songs during his pro-playing career on the Diamond. He had a lot of them, and he hasn't missed yet. DMX. Oh, man. DMX probably has the most recognize, one of the most recognizable voices. For sure. In all of hip-hop. For sure. No doubt about that. Especially because most of the time he walks out, he's just a... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Starts growling at you, and you're like, uh-oh, that's X. I want to say... Because X going to give it to you. D- yeah, right? <laughs> and DMX, uh, DMX has one of the great... one. I want to say the DMX, like his intro uh like into like his persona that was born like the the, the guy we know as dmx yep. we have the dogs all the time the rough rider dmx shirt off tattooed up that dmx the voice and everything like he it's crazy one and i i swear you can go look this up i believe this is a dmx story that he told i read it years ago that he said the reason that he started getting into uh like big into dogs because he broke into a junkyard I don't know, maybe we should look the story up and get all the, the details right. He broke into a junkyard, and there were junkyard dogs there that were obviously tasked with guarding the junkyard there. Mm-hmm. They were literally junkyard dogs. And when he came in there, basically, he was able to tame the junkyard dogs. <laughs> and then basically, like, oh, that's, and then he, he got the respect of a lot of his peers because he basically went in there, and instead of the junkyard dogs tearing him apart limb from limb, he basically was able to tame them and become masters of the junkyard dog. Oh, sounds like a Spider-Man villain origin it story. Does. It sounds like it exactly. It's exactly what it sounds like. Mm. I'll go look that story to make sure I got the details right. But it was a crazy. Like, he was a kid. He was like a, a teenager, like a preteen, yeah. and that's kind of why he's like he was getting into trouble and stuff. And he got his persona from being like a rough rider dog guy because he broke into a junkie. I don't know. He didn't. Why he broke? Because it a is not a gay. <laughs> yeah. uh, but DMX man, DMX has got a lot of crazy stories associated with DMX. I remember Jay Z. Yeah was talking about DMX and he said he basically uh, he told everybody basically like nah man DMX this, this one dude that he didn't want to follow he said that like I don't want to follow him on stage cause he puts on a show yeah like basically when DMX is done with the crowd you don't want to have to go out there to that crowd yeah cause they basically they go, they go look at you like man that's it that's it that's all you got? You gonna just rap? Cause DMX is out He's there putting on a sweating show. and yeah, it's a whole different, you know, vibe and theme. And I remember Jay-Z saying, I followed him once and I'll never do it again. Like he was the opening act. He's like, opening act for Jay-Z. And he was like, man, I'll never let to do with my opening act. Not because he wasn't awesome, honestly, because he did too good of a job right. out there. That's the exactly crowd, who the he crowd, is. The crowd, instead of warming up the crowd, they wanted more DMX. <laughs> yeah. 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 So uh yeah, DMX is a little bit rest in peace. 
All right. The late, yeah. late DMX for sure. Uh, I actually got a chance to watch DMX, went to a concert. <laughs> My cousin was a promoter, and DMX did a concert here in Austin. And let me just tell you, that was the livest concert that I've ever been to in my life. That's why I know firsthand huh. his energy is I different. It. Yeah. He is a different dude. Yeah. No, that's like I said, Jay Z said he's like, I would never follow that guy. Again. Yeah. I never I think yeah. he pulled him from the opening act after that was like a it's like part of folklore and legend. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, that man, was, he was a young dude. Yeah. He was a young lad and Jay Z was already established. Um oh and Lil Tunchi, thanks for the uh the texture. Who's the texture that gave us basically the Lil Tunchi background? Right there. I'll say according to this texture says according to search results, the origin of the nickname Tunchi for Lil Wayne appears to be traced back to Lil Wayne's grandmother Mercedes Carter, who gave him the nickname Lil Toon. In an interview with Katie Couric, Lil Wayne said that he added Chi to the end of the nickname, shortening his last name to create Toonchi. The nickname has since become a slang term used by fans of Lil Wayne. There you go. Mm-hmm. Thing. Uh, yeah, Lil Wayne. I mean, Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne's got a weird backstory too, and everything. Like him and Baby and everything. Oh and man, that, their relationship. I watched something the other night on him <laughs> and talked about how he got saved. Uh, after his house was shot up and by the police, they kicked Weezy. in the doors. Yeah, and they got him, and he took him to the hospital and saved his life, or else he might have been he might have bled to death. That's crazy. When he was a kid, he was a kid. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, so your 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 um your your walk up music. Yes, I gotta tell you, your artist that you picked with on point two. Thank you. Appreciate Lil, Lil that. He had Little John and Eastside Boy yeah, as yeah. well. Oh, and CB pointed out that Little John has a show on HGTV. Is that real? What's it called? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's what it is. HGTV. That can, is that, that's real. I need to see this show of Lil Jon on HGTV. Yeah, I definitely CB would not that. lead us astray. No, he wouldn't. Uh, CB also wants to remind us that Lil Wayne signed Malik Jefferson that's to true. his sports agency when Malik left uh, Texas. Yeah. Um, yeah, he says that has a different age now. I the show admit, is called Lil Jon Wants to Do What? Was that the name of the show? That is the name of the show. Coming back for season two. Whoa! Season is he the same two. persona? Does he have the get up on, like the dread still? And yeah. Wow. Interesting. Okay. See, what I've always said about hip hop artists, you have to transition. You do. You cannot be Ice a, Cube. You cannot be a grandfather up there rapping about pimping and doing drugs and going to club and making it rain and ham. You can't do that. You're a grandfather now. You can't do that. So once you get to be in your mid to late forties. Going to your fifties, like you, like Harsh mentioned, Ice Cube, Ice T. Yep. Went from making songs called Cop Killers. He's now Detective Tutuola. Yeah. All right. There <laughs> yeah. you go. Yep. And Ice Cube, same thing. You have to transition. You can't do that forever. It's like you know, you can't strip forever too. There's some professions, no, you know, you can't do it forever. You can only do it in your youth, like being a yep. running back. Like yep. you can only do it for so long. Your shelf life is really short. I was supposed to say they already trying to cut your contract. Yeah. You're a running back. <laughs> you're yeah. a 45 year old rapper, man. You're basically a geriatric. You selling your catalog. You're nowadays. a senior citizen. Yep. Yeah. So you got to transition. Hey, go be an actor. Now, um, what's his name? Common? Dude, yep. Common don't even rap anymore. A smart. He just he just acts. He's in like a, a show I was watching. T.I. is Sino. trying to do comedy. Yeah, T.I. is trying to do He's in- coming here at the end of the yeah, month. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got to find a plan you gotta B. Find, yeah, you you gotta, they like athletes in a sense. They do? Some, some, um, there's some genres of music you can do well into your 60s and your 70s and still perform. Like rock and roll artists do that. They perform all the time. 60s and 70s still want that. R&B artists, same thing. Yeah. Uh, but I think pop is like that too. You can't do pop. Like, you, you age out of pop. Yeah. 
Right? You age out of pop. And you kind of age out of hip hop a little bit. Too hard to be a 50 year old hip hop artist (laughs) touring around thinking, oh man, I'm going to sell out all these shows. Probably not. Probably not. You're probably not going to do it. Old hip hop artists like an old stripper. Yeah, you may have a few people that like it, but not many. (laughs) Yeah. No, man. Facts. So, uh, all right. Anyway, uh, let's get to Quinn Ewer's interview with uh, with my man Craig Way, the voice of the Longhorns. You sat down with him uh, yesterday. Uh, that uh, sound, not sound, but the, the trip courtesy of our good friends at Hayes City Store and Warren Source Gas. So we appreciate them for sponsoring our uh, Big 12 Media Days uh, expedition there. But uh, we also end up getting a lot of sound. So uh, courtesy of our man Craig Way on with Light the Tower, uh, he and Jeff Howe got a chance to sit down with Quinn Ewers, the starting quarterback of the Texas Longhorns. The last time I saw you in this building, I was calling a state championship <laughs> game. Uh, do, you, do you have memories and stuff about this? I know you've been in here other times than that before, but, I mean, what, what goes through your mind when you walk into this building? Oh, just how big it is probably. I mean, this place is huge. And, you know, obviously growing up in Texas, you wanted to end up playing the last game of the season here. So ultimately it's kind of the same way when you're playing in the Big 12. You want to play here um, towards the end of the season. Maybe not the end, but towards the end. So. Um, and obviously, I didn't just play the state championship here. I played a fellow teammate of mine, Byron Murphy, <laughs> against DeSoto here. I think it was the second round of the playoffs. But, I mean, there's so many good memories here. Just, you know, with the with the South Lake Carroll Green, I can just see it in the, in, see it in the stands, man. Uh, no, there's so many memories here with just, you know, kids I have grew up with, my buddies I grew up with. I mean, it's not far from home, for sure. How different is it for you, Quinn, a year ago to now? I mean, you're, you're still competing every day with, with Malik and, and with Arch, but now, I mean, you've got some starting experience under your belt. You've got a full year in the program. You know, you're not having to meet teammates anymore. You're acquainted with everybody. Just your comfort level now compared to where you were a year ago. I mean, yeah, obviously it's going to grow when you've been in the system for a year and you've known guys that you've been around. You've been around them for a whole year. Um, and you've made great friendships. I mean, it just makes everything a whole lot easier. Mm-hmm. Definitely comfort level has gone way up for sure, even in the um, you know, weight room and, and out on the field when Coach Beckton's got us you know, running. So, I mean, it's just been a whole lot easier for me. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. Sar- Sark has talked about confidence in relation to that. How do you feel from a confidence standpoint? Does it, is that something you feel growing? Is it just kind of second nature type stuff? Where are you at with, with confidence right now? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely growing for sure. Um, you know, I feel like I've had a great spring. I had a great spring uh, spring ball and, and, and winter and, you know, summer. Summer workouts are going great. PRP is going great. I mean, it's only growing. So yeah. I'm excited to see where I'm at after fall camp. Um, and I couldn't be more excited for this year. I'm ready. Every Everybody likes to talk about the, uh, the leaner, meaner Quinn, that kind <laughs> of deal. I mean, how much work did it take for you to get comfortable not only about your physical set, but like Jeff said, with the with the confidence, with everything else, with the game, the familiarity. I mean, that's an evolved process over time, isn't it? No, oh, 100%. Uh, like you said, it, it took me pretty much all the winter to kind of get comfortable with, with where I was at, um, you know, football and just uh, physically wise. Um, <clears throat> it, took, it took me a lot of work. Uh, you know, definitely had to eat a whole lot better than what I was eating like and, and what, all what this did, What did you eat before that you don't eat now? You know, I used to eat a whole bunch of Chick-fil-A. I don't eat a whole lot of Chick-fil-A anymore. So. Chick-fil-A was my go-to. Was it? Yeah. It's, it was hard to kind of step away from that, but yeah, it's been good. I feel so much better um, mentally and physically. So, yep. Quinn, as you as you look at this team, you know, you've been with these guys all summer after spring ball. We got a good look at you guys in the spring game. What excites you the most 
about this 2023 team? You know, what excites me the most um, is something that's not even on the field, just the relationships we've built throughout this throughout this time. I mean, you know, all these guys, um, we're all in the same boat and we're rowing together this year. We're not rowing, we're not rowing against each other. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see what we do on the field and, you know, what we do off the field, you know, as, as, a, as a team. I mean, I feel like all of us has grown so much closer um, this past season or this past year, and I couldn't be more excited to see see what we're capable of. In that sense of everybody rolling together, uh, every report that's come out talks about how you and Malik and Arch have wor- really worked closely together and kind of uh, gotten to know each other and better. Is that is that an accurate way to describe it? Yeah, it's definitely accurate. But the whole QB room, I mean, I, I'm so blessed to be in such a good QB room. I mean, nobody's trying to, you know, find ways around or throw somebody under the bus and there's none of that i mean we're all we're all in it together and we have such good time those are like my best friends on the team so you know because i'm I'm with those guys all the time and you know we get along so well it's rare honestly for everyone to kind of be the same and act the same do you get along with that dude right there right there behind you yeah you know sometimes sometimes no (laughs) i mean we have a great relationship um you know, both of us have kind of grown up together in the system. Um, he was here. He was here a year earlier than me, but you know, I feel like we've kind of seen each other grow, um, which ultimately just makes us, you know, want to grow together. All right, Quinn. Here's the big question everyone wants to know: Whose idea was it to take the picture of you guys showing off the abs in the locker room? And did you expect that thing to blow up the way it did? You know, honestly, I didn't expect it to blow up. I didn't even expect it to get posted. But you know, when when Malik, um, you know, showed us kind of what he did with the post, I was like, yeah, go ahead. It's it was funny. Um, but no, we 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 made this idea. I mean, months ago, we were like, hey, we're all gonna stay after. We're gonna hit abs. We're gonna hit arms. We're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna take a picture, you know, June 30th when before our July 4th week break. I mean, we're so we were, we set a goal and we we wanted to hit the goal and it kind of gave us you know some motivation. Well, I appreciate you stopping by. I know you got a busy day and all that stuff. I I, I look forward to calling your games this year again. Yeah. I appreciate you yes, taking sir. the time appreciate to join us. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. All right, that's Quinn Ewers, uh, Thanks, Longhorns Quinn. quarterback. That is Quinn Ewers, Longhorns quarterback, sitting down with the voice of the Longhorns, uh, Craig Way, a gentleman and a scholar, as you guys know. Um, I First of all, the Chick-fil-A comment. Chick-fil-A's his go-to. At least we know that. Yep. That's his go-to. You actually, we had Xavier Worthy on. You found out one of Xavier Worthy's go-to uh, favorite chicken items. That's right. He got he goes to Cover 3. Shout out to Cover shout 3. Out, shout sponsors out. of the Hard Knocks Life. <laughs> uh, he goes to Cover 3 and he ordered the the. Chicken strips with a side of buffalo sauce mm-hmm. yeah. every time. And he started laughing when we asked him about he, no, it No, he yesterday. was taking it back. He was a little bit like, what? How do you know that? He's man? like, man, <laughs> what you talking about, man? Y'all do, y'all do crazy research. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. We do we deep dives. Deep dives, man. We're going rabbit hole. Uh, but, yeah, that's crazy. So I thought that was interesting. So I, I don't know if that's going to. End up being an NIL deal for him or not? It seems like he, yep. he said they can just mention a company and either start some NIL deal or maybe uh, at least get some conversations uh, started that way. But um, Chick Fil A, I do feel him on that. I love me some Chick Fil A too. So what do you call them? A little bigoted bites of Jordan. There you That's go. Okay. There That's you okay. go. Because we all are, we all Americans and we love Chick Fil A. Okay, mm-hmm. it is the top fast food chain in America. Why do we always ask for it, it on Sunday though? It's closed on Sunday. I know. Why do we always think it's open? Because we want what we can't have. <laughs> exactly. Chick-fil-A smart enough to know. They deprive us that one day. There That's the is. one day we wake up going, You know what? Chick-fil-A I'm going today. over there on Monday. No. I'm going to go over there and go over there <laughs> on Monday. Hey, I got my mouth all ready for some Chick-fil-A. I know. Actually, you guys probably right. Chick-fil-A does not need 
no, Quinn Ewers. Chick-fil-A actually still, uh, I believe, makes more revenue, produces more profit than any other fast food chain, and they're closed one day of the week on the weekend. No doubt. Could you imagine they violated their moral compass and opened up on Sunday how much bread Ooh. they can make? But they never will because, hey, they're all about the good Lord. That is smart. Representing the good book, damn it. That's smart. Get Sunday off. So, uh, yeah, so shout out to Chick-fil-A. And then also he brought up, and I, I love this part when they asked him, I think it was Jeff Howard that asked him, you know, what he's looking forward to this year and, you know, what he's most proud of uh, this upcoming season. He talked about the brotherhood. Right. How close they are yep. as a team. I love that. Uh, that is that does matter. Um, I don't know how much it'll quantify in terms of getting wins on the field, but you gotta be you gotta care enough about your teammates to want to play for the man to your right and the man to your left or woman to your right or left, whoever to care about your teammates. And it seems like they have that. They do seem like they care about each other. And there's a lot of talk. All the guys are saying they're having fun. Even yep. Sark talks about how much fun it is to be around this team because he likes the team that much. And by the way. Every coach, they won't admit it. They don't. They don't like all their teams. No. Mac Brown famously, he, he would admit. He, I think there was that. Was it at oh? When was it oh six oh seventeen? Yeah. He, he would admit like nah. He, lo- he wasn't Listen, feeling it. You love all your children. You don't like all your children. All right. <laughs> you, you love them all. They your children. I mean, you gotta like all your children. Y'all know y'all like one of your kids more than the other. Hearts don't say nothing. But uh-uh. you all know you like I'm one of your kids nothing. more than. You love them all equally, but you like one more than you like the other one. Yeah. And that's I think this team. Sark likes this team. He likes it. He likes he, being around he, he it. He likes it a lot. He keeps talking lot. about how it's his team. It looks yep. like him. It talks like his team. Runs like his team. Yep. Lifts like his team. Hope they play like his team. Yeah, we are begging for it to be like that. Yeah, and the, 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 the indictment on Sark is going to happen this year for the Sark yep. believers or the Sark haters. They're going to get their proof one way or another. This year they're going to get the ultimate ammunition and end the debate whether Sark is a good to a great coach or if just an average or above average coach. Then you know, ultimately, I I do think for you know for Sark, it, he's been. Now I'm not saying he wants to smoke, but he has been saying basically his team looks the way I want it. Right. He's got the team exactly the way he wants it. So I think it is fair to say, well, if this team underachieves, it is Sark's team. It is, and it's Sark. Oh, it's, I mean that's. Like, I know this, what you said. Yeah. Your, yeah, this is, yeah, he's damn right. It's a Sark team. Yeah, it's exactly what I thought it would be, a team that wins eight nine games. And falls a little bit short. Mm-hmm. Or is a Sark team a team that plays for titles and wins double-digit games? If this is the ultimate Sark team, then the, at the end of the season, we'll have a conclusion as to what kind of coach Sark is. Yeah. We definitely, this is what we've been talking about. This is what we've been waiting for. We've always said that the talent has traveled to the University of Texas year in and year out. All of the problems that have happened with this team, yeah, there are going to be some schematic deals that we need to work out. There's going to be some failures by players. It's it's human nature. But it always comes back to what happens on that sideline and who is leading it. And if he can go out there and change the narrative, I loved, I loved your analogy of those that love him, those that hate him, you're going to be able to find a different way to go about it starting this year. yeah, I This is the deciding factor. It is. The yep. debate ends, I think, about Sark yep. this season, and it'll be a debate that ends with us saying, oh, man, Sark, he's, he's, a, he's a good to a, on his, he's a good coach on his way to being a great coach. Yep. Or the, the debate would end with saying, he's, he's, an, he's an average coach that can be above average with the right team. With the right team, yep. Um, and I'm with you on that. I think it's the former, and I hope it's the former. I'm riding with him. Uh, Let's go, Sark. Riding with you. And Come on, man. If, if Quinn Ewers plays at the the level that most people anticipate and expect him to play at, 
then Texas should be competing for a Big 12 title. And the attitude and mentality of Quinn Ewers has to be right. It's got to mm-hmm. be on the point. He's got to lead an, a, a locker room of alpha males and guys who came to Texas for two reasons, to win championships, all right? Right. And play with other great players. Also, go to league. So three times. Yeah, three there, times. There's a, there, there, I like that. There, well, four you makes get nil money. I just keep yeah. adding to the list now. <laughs> but you get my point. He's got to leave that room of yeah. alpha males, and he's got to do it with a certain uh, mentality. And I think the mentality may be on point. He, my favorite quote. So, shout out to Jeff Jones because Jeff Jones, the one uh, that I got it, that, that we got it from, uh, got the audio from. Um, but this is uh, <laughs> Quinn Ewers. Fa- my favorite quote from Big Twelve Media Day is talking about the target that Texas always has on their back, but how they're going to deal with the target on their back this year. I mean, I think there's always a target on our back, but I kind of there's also a target on the opponents that we're playing. We, we put a target on them. Um, it's kind of like uh, John Wick. You know, he's being hunted, but at the same time, he's hunting those guys as well. Nice. That's what I'm talking about, Quinn. <laughs> I love it. Texas already yeah. called him Quinn Wick. Shout out to my man uh, Jeff Jones at Jeff Jones Sports of KVU. It's where I got the uh, the audio. Uh, but I love that quote. All right, That's my favorite quote from Big 12 Media Days 2023. I'm going to take it. We're going to run with it. I'm hoping there are hype videos made yep. uh, at DKRS Stadium of it. I'm hoping Longhorn fans are making memes and gifts with John Wick scenes with Quinn Ewers' face superimposed on there. All that would be great. And the unofficial- I know y'all are listening over there. I know y'all are listening. Yep. And the unofficial Official mascot for Texas football this year, it's uh, it's gonna be Quinn Wick, baby. I like it. It's gonna it. be John Wick, and that's how we gonna be, just like in a John Wick movie. Although we're gonna be taking on a lot of different enemies from all different angles, but bullets Preach. flying by our head, all that. Hey, we are gonna come out in the end, last man standing. Haters gonna hate. Just go out there and perform. That's um, it. I like. I like it. I like the John Wick. I like it. Uh, I like the John Wick analogy. So unofficial mascot, John Wick for Texas football this year. And just think make about it it, Quinn just coming out there and just like, boom, here we go. Let's just make this happen. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. I'm, I'm with it, man. Uh, okay, so we'll get to uh, – matter of fact, if you missed any of those interviews or you missed any part of them and you want to hear them in their entirety or you want to watch them in their entirety, you can watch them at the YouTube channel um, at The Horn Austin on YouTube or you can go to hornfm.com and you can catch up with them there. Also, shout out to our good friends at Hayes City Store and Warren Source Gas for sponsoring our trip to Big 12 Media Days. All right, this is a stat I want to share about um, Sark. Something he's got to remedy. Come on. He's got to rectify this. So last season in quarters one through three, Texas outscored their opponents by 179 points combined in the first three quarters. Mm-hmm. Do you want to know what that number was in the fourth quarter? They were probably negative 45. No, negative 12. Negative 12. Okay, good. Yeah. That's not oh, that good. bad. I'm saying you that's not good? that bad. Well, I was thinking negative 45. That's, that's that says good. a lot. So yeah, either way, I got you. Shouldn't be shouldn't and, be negative. And by the way, negative twelve is not terrible. But for Texas, when you go back and look at the games in which they were outscored in the fourth quarter, Bama outscored in the fourth quarter, Tech outscored by ten in the fourth quarter, uh, ah, West Virginia outscored, but you were blowing them out, so it didn't matter. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma State you outscored by fourteen in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. K State you outscored by seven, and you almost lost that game. Made some clutch plays. Um, and there were three games where you failed to outscore your opponent in the fourth quarter. So it's a push, if you will. That would be TCU. Had a chance to win, but couldn't make enough plays. That would be Iowa State. 
Man, if not for the defense late uh, making <laughs> clutch plays <laughs> or clutch. Xavier Hutchinson dropping a potential touchdown pass, Texas loses that game too. So Texas failed to outscore their opponents in the fourth quarter in eight of 13 games. Wow. So in eight of the 13 games, Texas failed to outscore their opponent in the fourth quarter. Now, they weren't always outscored. Like I said, sometimes it was just zero. There was a push. TCU, um, Iowa State, Louisiana, Monroe. But if you go look at the five losses for Texas, if you go look at that five losses they had, they lost. The, they were outscored in the fourth quarter in four of those five losses. Wow. So, I mean – that's the adjustments that are happening. Third quarter, they still score points. Fourth quarter is the one that you really have to make sure that you buckle down and make those adjustments. You heard Sark during Big 12 Media Days talking about the felt that they do that self-evaluation. Where did I go wrong? What did I do? Where is that moment where I need to make sure that I'm better? These kids are working hard. They're making the adjustments. And he even said, I can call better plays when I have better athletes, right? You, the plays well, look so much better. I'm just saying. You, I mean, he's right. Not yeah, he's not wrong. But two things can be right. But you have to be better in the fourth quarter because yeah. teams are making the adjustments. And if your team is coming down and you you are giving out what was that fourth quarter come from behind win stats uh, on the NFL quarterbacks and what Patrick Mahomes has been able to do, but you also have to look at what your quarterback is able to do and are you putting him in the right position to be successful are you calling the right play are you adjusting to what the defense is adjusting to you with yeah there's the i keep bringing up and using the term the chess match within yep. the game sark is awesome at preparation and game plan he's actually one of the best coaches in the country preparation and game plan but that only takes you so far usually middle of the first quarter uh, maybe the end of the first quarter. By then, your script is done. Mm-hmm. And then the other three quarters are are basically a chess match that you are matching wits and trying to outwit your opponent, your opposing coach on the other sideline. And for Sark, I think that's where he falls behind a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I just gave you the fourth quarter numbers. Texas, you know, uh, failing to outscore their opponent in eight of the 13 uh, games in the fourth quarter and being outscored by 12 points in the fourth quarter, even though they've outscored their oppo- opposing teams uh, by 179 points in the first three quarters combined. So for me, that's the biggest issue for Sark. He's got to learn to better anticipate the adjustments of the opposing coaches and come up with creative counters yep. to those adjustments. And I think at by the end of the game in the fourth quarter, he's out of ideas. He's yeah. out, and honestly, I think uh, and I, I got a lot of ideas to help him, but he should replay the hits. He does not replay the hits a lot. Yep. Meaning the very successful too. plays and concepts that work in the first quarter, but we all go, ooh, ah, that was really cool. Man, look at that play. Look at the design on it. Look at all the pre-stamp motions and the shifts. Oh, man, that's a really cool play. And you never see it again. Right. And you go, run it again. Work the first time. Run yeah. it again. If it doesn't work the second time, okay, then we get it. They figured it out, and the defense is on to you. But they may not be on they, to you. Most of the time they're not. Play the hits, man. Yeah. Um, so I do think that's a big part of the start. And hopefully bringing in Paul Christ, bringing in Joe D. Camillus, uh, you know, bringing in uh, Payam Sadat, those guys will help him self-scout and better anticipate those adjustments because, you know, he it, when he plays a coach that's considered a, just an average coach, meaning they win less than 60% of the games, he wins 60, 76% of the time. Yep. But when he plays a coach who's considered a good coach or an above average, a good to a great coach, I should say, who wins 60% of their games or more, 
he's uh, has a less than 40% winning percentage. So he's winning 75% or more of his games versus below to average coaches, and he is winning only 40% or fewer of his games versus coaches who are considered good to great coaches. Yeah, That's it in a nutshell, folks. He's got to learn how to match which with good to great coaches, not average to above average coaches. He right now is a slightly average. He's an average to a above average coach. Yep. And he's never going to that's take what the it to another level. Yeah, that's he's what the numbers say. 55%. Yeah, I mean, that's what the numbers say. There's no line. Yeah, I'm just giving yeah, you numbers. He's giving you numbers. Um, to this year, he's got to take his games. And by the way, he's one score games. He's 2-5 and five in one score games in 2022. Got to win more of those. Mm-hmm. I mean, he lost to Bama, Tech, and Oklahoma State by a combined 12 points. That's great, but we are not Aggies, and more victories don't count. <laughs> So I know you want credit for that, for staying in the game versus Bama. And we all were happy, but the truth is, that's a moral victory. Yep. And here, we don't celebrate those. Nope. Unfortunately. No doubt. So go no to doubt. Bama this year and bear, you know, and lose by two points. Don't expect to come here for, to a parade. Right. Expect to come here and people <laughs> throwing stuff at your head. <laughs> You're not, we're not going to put you on no. the top. We're trying to figure out a way gonna, to throw yeah. you over. He's going to be like, oh, other people came here to meet us. No, they're throwing stuff at us. Guys, run, run. Uh, uh, all right. We come back. We'll talk about Shohei to the Rangers on the other side. Right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104 down the horn. The Horn, new theme Thursday, and the theme, it's all about my man Hardball over here. Hardball Hardjes walk-up songs, and some of his walk-up songs, he played a long time, so some of his favorite walk-up songs from his career on the Diamond. Lunelli, this is actually... Okay, I, I see why I see why you chose it though. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I'm number one. Yeah, I am number one. That's <laughs> I right. Where he chose yeah. It. yeah, I get it. You just gonna say, man, this is one of those that I'm trying I'm to figure to say, out how yeah, it fit. I was about to say, watch, well, about yeah. to say it's not one of like I think they've all been bangers. This is probably one that wouldn't have made my pregame right. hype playlist. But the I am number one, maybe. I got like then some Nelly would have made it though. Oh, for sure. Oh, Nelly would have been on there a couple of times. You'd have so been Nelly stomping in your Air Force One. Yeah, Nelly would have been yeah. on there a few times, man. Nelly yeah. was, now Nelly, actually, we were just talking about how rappers have to transition cross over. and cross over, like you know, Snoop and hanging out with Martha Stewart now and Lil Jon doing shows on HGTV, and now Jay-Z's just a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, right? But Nelly's doing like fusion hip-hop country music. Yeah, he's making the rounds. He's, no, he's traveling, no, that, playing festivals. That's his passion. It's yeah. to fuse hip hop and country, and he's gone out of his way to do it. He's got a, a couple of jams out there, but yeah. But I, I wouldn't he be? Uh, now here's the question for me with Nelly and his fusion, and you know, there's always that concert where you have your your group coming out there, and then the other groups that come mm-hmm. out there. So is he the opener or is he the closer? No, I think he's actually like the music. They, they do songs together. They collaborate. Like that many songs? Yeah. yeah like, like if you've ever been yeah. to like, like, like any one of those clubs that would be that caters to country music, they play hip-hop and country oh, yeah, all the time. Oh, yeah, but you only get two dance, songs. People dance to them. Yes. Yeah. But they'll go back and forth and in between. 
And I think he just saw that and was like, I can do that. Yeah. No, he did. I mean, what's uh I forget his name now. Um that was just like the song basically that was like a really popular song that Billy Ray over, Cyrus was over, on. Over and over again. Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah. What was it? With yeah. who? What's the rap artist? I, I, it I was Nelly. No. It was Thank you. Sorry, I sound like an old man. It was not cool. But I don't listen but, to Lil Nas X. But that was like the yeah. country rap fusion. Yeah. yeah, that's what they're talking about. That kind of thing. Yeah. That was probably the that's probably the most popular one of all time, probably. But For sure. That's what Nelly's Nelly wants to do more of that. I, I don't know if he's gonna be successful. But I will say country and hip hop do have a lot of common like traits. Mm-hmm. Both are big on storytelling. Um, there's a gangster rap uh, like you know element to hip hop that's kind of taken over, and I love the you know kind of the, the country like it's kind of it's not gangster country, but it's like an outlaw country. Right. I love outlaw country kind of rap like hip uh, sorry hip hop, but country music. Yeah. And there's a big part of that too in country. Pastor Troy. <laughs> yeah, yeah they're right. Tim McGraw and Nelly had over and over again. That Tim was McGraw not and Nelly had that. Not, yes. Not, not uh, Thank you, Texas. Nelly the Old Town Road, Lil Nas X. Yeah. Yep. So there are people out there that want to fuse the two together. Who knows? It may work out. It may work out. Uh, oh, and then uh, there's also the Accidental Racist song <laughs> yeah. with LL Cool J and Brad Paisley, also yeah. country hip hop fusion. Yep. So bad. Yes. <laughs> so bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, uh, what was the song that I went to listen to that y'all told me to? God, it was one of those. Those rap country songs. It might have been that one, Accidental Racism. That is it. Yeah, that, that was is Brad it. Paisley. Oh, yeah. no, I know it. Yeah. Oh, trust me. Oh, yeah, someone said Nelly started with uh, Cruz with Florida Georgia Line. Is that yep. what it is? Yep. Okay. Yeah, so this is a thing. It's just not our thing, but it's a thing. Yep. Uh, okay, real <laughs> quick, let's talk about a thing that we hope becomes a real thing, and that would be Shohei to the Rangers. We've discussed it a couple of times, and we thought, hey, man, just good radio conversation, but what if it's being talked about on a national level? Here's Buster Only. If Otani is traded yes. before the deadline, what teams would be most likely to go after him? Well, you start with the Yankees, the Yankees, the Yankees, the Yankees, <laughs> the Rangers, the Rays. Maybe a small handful of teams, but there's no doubt. In talking with sources yesterday, they see the Yankees as potentially being the most motivated because Garrett Cole, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, they're middle-aged players right in the, the prime of their careers. This is the Yankees' window to win now. You bring in Otani, suddenly the Yankees' rotation with him involved looks so strong. Otani hitting in Yankee Stadium, which favors left-handed sluggers. That's uh, something I'm sure the Yankees would be willing to pay for if Otani is made available by the Angels. Uh, when a lot of Rangers talk, but he did say among those three teams, Yankees, Rays, and Rangers. Yeah, because Yankees click the button a little bit better. That's true. And you the Cowboys. Like, 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 yeah, you talk Yankees, you're like, oh my gosh, they're yeah. going to the evil empire. That's true. I can't believe he's doing that. He but, can't do that. But the evil empire also is also in the discussion to get any player they want. Every time. Yeah. Anybody that comes available, they're like, yeah, we don't care about no salary cap. We're going right after them. These are our guys. But for me... When I look at the Texas Rangers and what they have to offer, and most importantly, they are going to be missing Jacob DeGrom. Mm-hmm. Jacob DeGrom is out. And, we're, you know, we talked about them. They were limping down the stretch. They were trying to find it, but they weren't able to find it. So now you're sitting there and saying, what do we need to get us over the hop, over the hump? And Patrick brought up a very good point. If you're going to go after them, you go after them now. 
You go get them mm. now. If you're going to make that decision, don't wait till the trade deadline. You go and let everybody know this is what we're doing. Yeah. We're going after it. And if you're going to wait for the trade deadline, then that you're unless you are going to wait until the trade deadline and you know that you're going to be able to sign him. That's true. That's the other part of this. And another team to pay attention to, and I said this in the very beginning, the Atlanta Braves. Said that weeks ago. Atlanta Braves, they got got a lot that is happening. The one question would be, because I saw the odds, Shohei Otani is obviously predicted to be the AL MVP. Ronald Acuna Jr. right now is predicted to be the NL MVP. Mm. Put them both on the same team. That's... Come on now. It's unfair. Come on. Yeah. In that lineup, there won't be any holes. There won't be any holes in the lineup if you bring Shohei in there. Yeah, Texas says Otani to the Braves. Makes sense. Yep. That would be a scary proposition, but uh, that would be cool. I think the Rangers would be good for us, I guess. That's the question is, what's the price for a rental? Because yep. I don't think the Braves are a long-term destination for Otani. Oh, they don't want to sign them to a long-term Well, most they, of their they, players that they have, they don't have them under huge contracts. Okay. They, yeah. they do player-friendly contracts. And excuse me, uh, team friendly contracts. Yeah, and plus Otani has said more like he people believe he's going to stay West Coast. So the Yankees are trying to change that, but a lot of people believe that he's going to try and stay West Coast. Okay, well, yeah, the market I think will be important for Major League Baseball overall. What market he goes to? Um, mm-hmm. I think him in a big market would just be great for the game. And yep. they, they don't they don't market him well enough anyway. You just said he's going to be pitching what tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, nobody knows. They don't even have it on the national. It's going to be a national yeah. game, and he's the biggest story in sports right now. And to Patrick's point earlier, what else do you have to show? I know, like move something around. There's there's definitely something you could do contractually in those uh, contracts you have with those broadcast networks and say, hey man, we want to put Shohei on. We have to on put the, him on. on at least uh, the yeah. biggest platform we can put him on. And they're playing the Astros. Astros. Yeah. Like, yeah. how do you not have that on national TV? I don't know. And um, why is it not the Sunday night game of the week? Exactly. Whatever yeah. it is, just put it on national yeah. TV because people want to watch Shohei. Yeah. Uh, okay, real quick, Porter Brown coming back? Porter Brown is back, yeah. and that means that Texas Longhorn Baseball has done an unbelievable job, not only with some of the players that are coming back. We talked about Tanner Witt. We talked about LeBaron Johnson. But now you add a Porter Brown back to that offense and some of that youth that you might have mm-hmm. that you're trying to figure out who's going to do what. Yep. This is a big gift for the Texas Longhorns for him to come back. All right, we'll come back. We'll wrap it up. Put it in Evan. Let you know what's on tap right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 The Horn. Pop a top again. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you're going to have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's good. That is... mm-hmm. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie. Uh, we'll be getting ready to wrap it up and put it in the oven. Before we do, we'll let you know what's on tap. If you miss any part of any of the shows, please go to hornfm.com. You can catch up with them on the podcast page or go to the YouTube channel. And you can see all those interviews from Big 12 Media Days at the Horn Austin. All right, Hearts, what's on tap for you, brother? I'm going to watch this new Netflix show, hey, Quarterback. I know I've heard about this. I, I, I was going to watch it last I've night, but there was this. so much that was going on, all the games and everything. So, Patrick... 
because of the fact that they are not showing Shohei Otani and baseball in on, I'm going to watch quarterback tonight. Okay. Patrick, what's on tap for you, brother? Uh, Instant Serious tonight at 8. Yes. So we'll nice. be doing that and then watching more Summer League. Also note, Serge Barry Rice will play on Friday for the Spurs. Makes his debut Ooh. in the Spurs jersey in the game on Friday. Nice. And they're not playing those games on ESPN anymore. You got to get that. No, I think they are. Oh, They're really? still playing them on some of the, some oh, of the channels. Oh, nice. You might be able to catch it. Um, all right. Uh, tonight, uh, watching a uh, show on Apple that's uh, actually not bad. It's called uh, Hijack. It's mm. uh, yeah, it's not bad. Uh, so okay. go check it out for yourself. Um, Isn't that new uh, Samuel L. Jackson show out yet? Oh, I'm talking about Disney Plus. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard about okay. it. Okay, I've heard okay. good things. Actually, okay. I need to dig into that. All right, remember the revenue's not be telling us about right here on Ball Live. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care. Be says more importantly, take care of each other. Peace.